am rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's going to keep you on track. It's going to tell you what to do when you don't know what to do. It's going to be the light to your path, right? Get in the word. Look at somebody close to you say, get in the book. Hey, Amen. You got your Bible with you today? Let's stand up together. Let's make our confession. Amen. One more time. You, you just got to stand up one more time. Up, down, up, down. It's good for you. It's good for you. Hold your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big hand. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. We're glad you're here. We're believing God for great things. And how many of you know that God desires to do great things in you, through you, even in spite of you? God really wants to move in your life. I mean, God really, he's probably, well, not probably, he's way more passionate in his pursuit of relationship with you than you are pursuing him. You know, his love for you is extravagant. And yours is, is, is on a level of convenience. And let's just get real and don't get all defensive. Well, no, it's not me. I can't believe he said that to me. Well, we're actually making a tape for people who aren't here. So just go with the flow. But most of us, most of us are not all that passionate. You know, we, we are so distracted by life, chaos. And uh, the Message Bible says the sideshow distractions, you know, things that popping off and exploding over there and they have our attention. And we're, we don't even realize that the reality of God in our life sometimes is, is pushed aside for stuff that doesn't even matter. We're consumed with all kinds of issues. And at the end of the day, we don't even care about it. But we've, we've just invested an entire day into fixing something that really, a couple of weeks from now, we, we won't even remember what it was, why we did it, or, or you know, who even brought it up. You know, one of the things that is just so uh, heavy in my spirit and on my heart, man, I, I want us to not only be who God's called us to be, but I want us to know the reality of God in our life. You know, it, it's one thing to wear a T-shirt, another thing to have a bumper sticker, but yet it's quite another thing to have the manifested presence the glory of God operating in your life every day, every day. Not, and not every now and then, not at camp meeting, you know, every once in a while when you get up on top of the mountain. I'm talking about every day, you know it, you got proof. You know, David said in Psalms 118, let, let me just read this to you for a second. This, every service is totally different right now. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> I like it. Um, but uh, listen, the Psalms 118, especially in the Amplified Bible, it, it's really kind of cool. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. How many you know God is good? You know, give thanks. A lot of times, you know, we act as if we're having trouble to find something to be thankful for. We don't see the goodness of God. We say, well, the price of gas. But if you knew the purpose of God for your life and you knew the end that he declared at the beginning, you wouldn't be bothered by what's going on in the middle. Right? There's something at the end. The, the Bible says that God declares the end at the beginning. If you'd talk to God, if you'd hang out with God and get a picture of the end, the, the middle wouldn't bother you so much. 
You'd have the ability to give thanks unto the Lord. He is good. Even when it looks like hell's vomiting out all of its fury against you. It's like somebody was talking this morning. God can handle your situation. He, he can handle your, your, your wife. She, she said it. He, he can handle your husband. He can handle, he can handle your ex. Some of you are going, I wish he would. <laughs> he can, it ain't too big for God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Give, I mean, you know, we need to have a shift, a paradigm shift, where we're not seeing all the junk, that, allowing that to, 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 to rob our focus. Give thanks to God. Give thanks. He's good. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron, the priesthood, say, his mercy endures. Let those who worship the Lord say, his mercy. Let somebody say, his mercy endures forever. Listen to what it says. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Ever been there? In distress? I know some of you have been there because when I was there, I saw you. <laughs> you know what to do when you're going through hell, right? Keep going, right? You know, the last thing you want to do is stop. And, and uh, uh, In my distress, I love the fact that when you call God, in my distress, I called on the Lord and he answered me. You know, that'll preach right there. He answered me. Some of you guys, we called you last week. We couldn't even get you to answer. Having a work day. Right? Can't find nobody to help you. You're in trouble. Can't find anybody who, who really. But in my distress, I called on the Lord. And he answered. He set me free. Do you realize you've been set free? You realize, I said, do you realize you've been set free? Some of us are waiting to get set free. You've been set free. It done. It's, look, your neighbor say it done. <laughs> You're free right now. You've been delivered. See, a lot of us, what we want is to be translated. Right? We want to be picked up out of a mess, set someplace else. That's translation. But deliverance, that's a different word. The word deliverance means to be equipped to fight and win. So you have been equipped to handle what you're dealing with, and come out victorious. You have been empowered to win or succeed in any given situation. You have already been blessed. You, you know, you, a lot of us are waiting for the blessing, but you're already blessed. See, what you want is to see the result of the blessing, but you have to activate the blessing first. You are blessed. You, you are blessed. You are blessed. Listen to this. Verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I, I won't be afraid. I will not fear. Uh, the Lord the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's verse 6. Verse 7, the Amplified. The Lord is on my side. And he takes up my part. He is among those who help me. Therefore, I'll see my desire. Uh, the, Lord is, the Lord is on my side. Do you, do you realize that it's not just, it's not like a team, don't think just team mentality like God's on my team. No, he's, he's on my side. Where I go, he's right here. He, he, in step. He, you know, when I'm walking in agreement, remember Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, old man, what is good, to, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Remember? 
How, Amos 3, 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So when you're walking with God, you're in agreement with God. Where's God at? He's right here. You know what, you know what, we, what we desperately need is we need to shift from the presence to the glory. We felt his presence. Uh, I don't know your background. I, I don't know where you come from. I, but, man, I, I grew up in camp meeting. You know, that, that's what we did for a living is, uh, you know, we traveled churches, camps, you know, sawdust trail, uh, the, all, the whole thing. You know, any, any weird thing you ever heard about, that was probably us. <laughs> you know, or one of our relatives. It, it, it was, uh, <laughs> we, we had, you know, back in the day, right? Okay, uh, the Holy Ghost goosebumps and, you know, everything. I know people who've been in church, I mean a lot, and they're still nasty. Right? Uh, there's people who wonder, you know, about, well, can, can we have Bible studies? Can we have midweek service? Can we have Sunday night? Can we do and I know people that go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and they're still angry, bitter people. So, so you know, really the the uh, the, the end result, if, if it ain't being produced, is it, probably, he, well, we need more power. No, you don't need more power. You need more gospel. You need a, gra- a greater understanding uh, of the gospel. You need the presence of God. It, it, waiting in his presence is going to change your personality. And we need to get beyond feeling him, and we got to get to a place where we can see the result of God being in our life. It's tangible. It's real. I mean, it's real. Where, where, where people aren't looking at you wondering, no, they know. They know you, what you got's real. Okay? Uh, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into different types of temptation, tests, and trials, knowing this, the trial of your faith, knowing, knowing it's what you know. See, it's, it's, it's what you know. Do, do you know? Not, not kind of feel, kind of think. No, what do you know? Mark 4.24, put this on the screen for you, the Amplified. Look at this. It says, he said unto them, be careful what you are hearing. Be careful. Take care with what you hear. Uh, because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Virtue and knowledge, that's the power. Man, the, 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 the word will produce in your life because you've given thought and study. Your level of understanding, the way you understand a thing is vital to that thing's ability to produce in your life. You remember, remember uh, the the stories of the guy that got the chainsaw for Christmas. He he had nothing but fire, wood, uh, heat in his home. And for Christmas one year, the family got together and they got him the chainsaw. And this guy, he'd go out, he'd cut you know a cord of wood every day, you know, by hand. But then they gave him the chainsaw, and the family's like, "Wow, this is gonna be awesome!" And he went out. And the first day, he he did pretty good. Uh, the second day, he went out, and uh, uh, he he was he he was actually getting less and less and less firewood. And finally, one day, he took it to the shop, and he said, "Man, there's something wrong." With this picture, the, the, the family gave this to me, and they think it should be awesome. He said, I, "I'd much rather do it by hand, uh, but you know, you you, you got to help me with this thing." And the guy asked him, "He said, well, have, have you sharpened the, you know, the the, the chain?'" And he said, I, "I think so. Maybe I've done it wrong." So he said, "Well, let, let me take a look at it." And he he starts, you know, sharpening the chain, and he says, "Man, this chain's pretty dull." 
this is pretty bad shape. And he says, well, let's check this out. Let's go outside here. And he said, let me just run outside and make a cut with it and see. see." And he, so the guy's standing there at the counter, and he hears him outside starting, wing, wing, wing. And, and, and he's thinking, what's that sound? He didn't understand to start it. You know, that you, vroom, you know, some of us are running around. We've got the extra weight of a chainsaw, but we don't know how to turn that sucker on. If you don't understand, it don't make no difference that you got one. Look, look at your neighbor and say, come on, Jethro. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it don't make any difference that you got it if you don't know you got it. To him who has will more be given. The, you know, the, ver- the next verse says, to him who has shall more be given. And to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. Uh, how do you take something away from somebody who ain't got nothing to take? It's not that they don't have it. It's that they didn't understand. They, had, they didn't know they had it in the first place. So when the enemy came to take it, they didn't even realize it was God. See, you have authority. You, you're always looking at the power of the devil. Look at the authority of the devil. You're wrong. The devil does not have authority. He has power. Dunamis. He has the ability to influence. But you have authority. Exousia. Luke 10, 19. Uh, behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But if you don't understand your authority, then you can't properly use your authority. See, everything God created had a purpose. He didn't create anything without a purpose. Everything he created had a specific purpose. But anytime you use a thing for a purpose other than that which it was created for, you not you only use the thing, you abuse the thing. If you use anything for a purpose other than its intended purpose, that's called abnormal use, which is where we get our word abuse. So many of us go through life, and life is abused. We ain't living it. You know, Zoe, when you're born again, Zoe life, Jesus said, remember John 10, 10, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. That's Zoe life. That's God's kind of life. That's life with a capital L. You, we got life, but God wants us to have life. But we, we ain't got real life. Why? Because we don't understand real life. We don't understand our authority. We, don't, we, we haven't given thought and study to the truth. We just sat in a service and had a religious ceremony experience. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, when people are saying, hey, where's your God? We can't even prove we know him. Hello? Now, you, you know, I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to stir something up so that you realize, oh, there's a little bit more to this than, than three fast, two slow, and, and an offering bucket. There, there's a reason we have an entire generation of people coming up who aren't interested at all in sitting through yet another one of those services. Come on. Why? Because they haven't seen any. I, you know, come on, guys. There, there are people who are fanatics about Herbalife, Metafast, uh, Jenny Craig. Why? Well, because those things have dramatically impacted their life. They have experienced Herbalife. We've gone to church. But have we really experienced God? Ah, uh, no, we, we heard some stuff we should never do. Don't do that. Don't do that. And usually it's the fun stuff. 
right? And, and if you're going to get close to God, you've got to jump through hoops. And if you, uh, if you make it look easy, we sat in a hoop on fire, okay? Because you're going you're gonna to jump through hoops. You're going to have a beehive hairdo. Your dr- ladies, the dress got to be so long, it wipes out your tracks down the sawdust trail. Right? Gentlemen, if your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart, and we have a song to prove it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. We have, we, have, we have a generation of people who don't want anything to do with God be, based off of what they've seen us do, come on, as church. Well, why don't we go to a place where God is so real? I want an understanding that allows the power of God to operate in my life so strong that I can prove I know God. He's, he's on my side. I mean, he's on my side. I take a step. And you know what I'm learning is that when I step outside of his presence, it's not hard to, it's not hard to learn that. It's not hard to figure that out because things change rapidly. I said things change rapidly when you're living outside of his presence and all of a sudden you, the glory's gone. Can I, can I just tell you some Bible story? I promise I won't make too much of it up. Well, if you don't study your Bible, that's your own fault. Okay, so uh, uh, you, you get your book out and you, you crack it open. You read and see if I told the truth. There's a dude in the Bible. His name's Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. He was a rancher, farmer type. He was out, out, outside of town. Uh, remember, uh, the Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant, had it quite a while. It had produced a result in their life that they didn't like. Uh, David was the king. And, and, and when, the, when God's people had the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and that represented the presence of God. When they had that ark, when they'd carry that ark into battle, they couldn't lose. When, when they carried the, the ark, man, it didn't make any difference what they did. They were good at it, right? They got incredible results. Well, that's the, what the presence of God does. See, it produces the blessing. The blessing is not a nice house or a nice car. That's the result of the blessing, maybe. The, the blessing is the ability to win or succeed in any given situation in life. The blessing is the empowerment to do what you couldn't do without it. Right? See, you, here, you, you can have a life without the presence of God, but it won't produce what a life with the presence of God automatically produces. Right? See, you, you, can, you can be a nice guy. Really good. Really, really, really good. But if you don't understand your purpose, because, see, the, the way to understand your purpose is to get in the presence of God, to hang with God, to, like, you know, communication, right? But if, you, if you're never in the presence of God, then you don't know your purpose. You're still really good. For nothing. But uh, you're really good. In the presence, see, there's the blessing, and now your good is producing the outcome you were created to produce. Obed Edom, living outside of town, David's going to get the ark because God's people want it back, and the Philistines don't want it. Yeah, I'll just keep going. I was going to talk about why they don't, but I probably shouldn't. Um, read your Bible. King James. Hemorrhoids. Not a good thing. Okay, so we're, we're going. <laughs> so so uh, uh, they're, they're coming by. Remember, you remember the story? Uh, there was a guy there named Uzzah. And, and you know, if, you, if you're uh, just about ready to have a baby any day now, and you're still thinking of names, 
Uzzah. What do you say, huh? Uzzah. What a beautiful name for a baby. Uzzah. Never, never mind. Uzzah is probably not a good choice. He reaches up, touches the ark. He's dead. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we handled that wrong. Um, so David stops right where they're at. He's like, this isn't good. Uh, and he's having a hard time finding people to carry it now. And, um, and they look, and there's, there's Obed-Edom's house. And, and he's like, David's like, hey, who, uh, who is this guy? You know, is he for us, against us? And, and, and the guys, would, would David say, he's cool, man. He's really a good guy. So they, so they, they go down to Obed-Edom's house, and they back the truck up in Obed-Edom's driveway. And, 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 and they hear this. They're looking out the window. Here's the king, the king's man. Here's this giant box. What, you know, and, they, and they come out, and they tell, uh, tell Obed-Edom, uh, who's just enamored that the king is, is at his house. And blown away. He's like, wow, check this out. And, and uh, uh, what is this? And they said, don't worry about it. Just, just whatever you do, don't touch it. <laughs> you, you know the last thing you want to tell somebody? Not touch something. And then leave. Because you know what they're going to do. We'll try to test that. So here's Obed-Edom. And he's got the kids in the house at dinner time now. Now, 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 just stay with me. He's got, he's got the kids at the table, the wife, the kids, and, and these are farmers. Everybody's done the chores. They come in. Uh, normally, there's a lot of commotion at the table, a lot of fighting. Uh, you know, it's just farmhands, right? And uh, uh, that's the lifestyle. They got big buckles and big boots. And uh, 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 my kind of people. And uh, they're, they're loud and they're, they're crazy. And dad's sitting there. Obed-Edom says, listen, guys, listen. Listen, whatever you do, do not touch that box. And the oldest, the oldest of his sons says, yes, sir. And silence falls in the room. What did you say? He said, yes, sir. What? Yes, sir. Obadiah says, I never heard you say yes, sir, before. I can't remember the last time I heard you say yes, sir. That's odd. Obed Edom's taking it back, and Mrs. Edom's sitting there too. You know, and she's like, wow. At the end of dinner, the kids get up, and, and one of them says, hey, let me take the plates. It's weird. A couple hours later, Obed Edom says, hey, kids, it's time for bed. Yes, Daddy. They ran for stairs. We went upstairs, they're brushing their teeth. Obed and Mrs. Edom are sitting downstairs looking at each other. What's going on? What would you do? Are you paying the kids? No. They get up early the next morning. Obed Edom goes out, going to go through the normal routine, goes to wake the children up. They're already out of bed. They're already out. They're already doing their chores. One of the chores was they collected the eggs. They normally got about two dozen eggs. They're coming in. They got six dozen eggs. Wow. He goes out to milk the cows, normally get four Gallons of milk today, they got 12 gallons. Gets up on the John Deere, heads out into the field, and a crop that the government paid him not to, not, not to plant comes up volunteer. <laughs> He's got a little spring in his step all day. Normally, he has to call Todd to come out to farm to weld stuff that he breaks. Today, he don't even need Todd. 
I'm not saying a day without Todd is like a day with sunshine, but I am, I'm just saying. <laughs> After a hard day at work, Obed-Edom's coming in, in the, in, into the house, and he sees Mrs. Edom standing in the doorway waiting for him. She's wearing Victoria's Secret. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obed got a smile on his face. Pulls in, you look good, mama. Oh, yeah. Gets out, he says, hey, where are the kids? She says, at grandma's house. Oh, the blessing's up in here now. News gets back to town. People talking about, have you heard what's happening at Obed-Edom's house? Man, ever since, ever since the presence of God showed up, everything's changed. The presence was the blessing, but now the glory is being seen. See, here's the deal. You might think you've been in the presence, but if we can't see the fruit of it, you're just mistaken. Read your book. They go get the ark, and they take it back into town, and Obed-Edom sells the farm and becomes a gatekeeper in the city because once you've lived next to that box, you do you get whatever it takes to be there. You're not going to be separated from it again. I'm here today to tell you that once you get really connected to the presence of God, you're not going to live very long outside that presence. And that presence, that blessing is going to empower you to produce things that you can have in your hand. Oh, we've tried life. We've tried life talking about the blessing. We've tried life trying to get near the glory. But when you know life with the presence and a manifested glory, you realize, oh, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are separated from the end that God had in mind. You know what Proverbs says? That there is a way, Proverbs fourteen twelve. there is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end is the way of death. Death is not dead. Death is separated. Remember the prodigal son? When he's coming home, his dad said, give me a ring, give me a coat, give me shoes, kill the fatted calf. This is my beloved son who was dead is alive again. Well, his son wasn't dead. He was separated. What is the enemy trying to get you to do? Make choices that separate you from the end that God wants you to know. Again, I tell you that God, the, Isaiah says that God declares the end at the beginning. Well, at the beginning of a thing, it might be smart to sit down and talk to God and have him describe the end. So that in the middle, you don't think it's over already. So you don't cave in on your way to the end. Because at the end, what's the end? Well, that's where the glory is at. That's where you see what God said. Right now, not right now we, we might be living by faith. We might be counting it all joy. But if you don't remain the same to the end, you don't get to see what he said. Now you're trying to explain why you ain't got what you said you were going to have. Which brings us to the uh, environment that today's you know, American church lives in, trying to explain why we don't have what we say we have. Well, we have it by faith. Hallelujah. Right? Now, come on, be real. Every, every once in a while, every now and then, there's just a little spark or something and everybody gets all excited and, and, you know, and we'll drive all the way across the country to watch somebody that, that, that'll, that'll operate in a gift and a healing will occur and we'll go, wow, and thousands of people go, that's supposed to be your life. 
You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the believer. If you're a believer, you got that going on every day. We're just totally blown away if we actually see the production of what God said. Well, what happened? Well, the Bible says to be carnally minded is death, right? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So life and peace, you know, if you don't understand what peace is, you know, peace is just not, okay, you know, just be quiet for a minute. Peace, oh, Lord, this is the express service. Peace, peace is provision. Peace is abundance. Peace is people try to have trouble with you and they can't. To be spiritually minded is life. We're talking life, God life, Zoe life, and peace. But to be carnally minded is death. What's death? Separation. What the enemy, all he's got to do, and we are an easy target. We're an, you know, why are we an easy target? Well, because it seems right to me. Seems like the way I ought to do it. You know, I ought to go ahead and chase that guy through the parking lot of my car and run him down like a dog in the street because of what he did to me. Well, the Bible says forgive. I'll get to that later. And then we wonder, where, where, where's, the, where's the presence? All of a sudden, the, the kids are arguing at the dinner table again. Well, that, well you know, they, that's, just, that's just, that's the way life is. Wait a minute. Isaiah 32, 18, I think it is, says, My people shall live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. If that is the described end that God has for me, when that begins to not happen, that's when i got to go back and get back in the book and say, Okay, I'm missing something. Because when I do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. So if there ain't no glory, maybe it's not, maybe it's not because... Of anything else that I thought, maybe it's because I thought what I was doing seemed right. But it actually separated me from the end that God had for me. See, I, I need to understand that everything hinges on his word. Everything. Think about it for just a minute. Everything created, how did he do it? With, with his words. Let, let there be life. And he said, and he said, read Genesis 1, and, and like over and over and over and over and over. And he said, and he said, and he said, and he said, and he said. And what he said happened. Do you realize that the only thing God created that has the option to not produce the glory that he put in it is you? I mean, think, uh, what, what is the glory of a bird? To fly. What do birds do? They fly. You do not have to catch a bird and put fly in it. It came with it in there. What's the glory of a fish? Swimming. They just do it. But God gave you this, 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 this free will, this choice. You, you're making choices now. Mark 12, 34, 35, it says, either make the tree good or make the tree evil. You got a choice on whether you're going to be correct or whether you're going to be wrong, whether you're going to be healthy or whether you're going to be diseased. 
You see, the, either make the tree good or make the tree evil. Evil's not, evil's not demon-possessed. Evil is sick or disease. You're a tree. You just ain't producing fruit. Well, the choice is yours. Well, it, go back a couple weeks now. What are we going to talk about every week? Okay, what's the final outcome? What dictates the final outcome? Well, that would be your character. What dictates your character? Well, that, that would be your habits. What dictates your habits? That would be your choices. What dictates your choices? Well, well that would be your thinking. What dictates your thinking? That would, that would be, you, you know, your thoughts. What or, or, or the word, right? Everything goes back to the word. The word you hear determines the thoughts you think. The thoughts you think determine the emotions you feel. The emotions you feel determine the choices you make. The choices you make determine the habits you have. The habits that you have determine the character that you possess. The character that you possess determines the final outcome. So if we don't have the outcome that God said we have, don't we need to deal with our character? I think as a, as a church... We, we need to get real and say, you know what, if we, if we can't show people what God said, show them. There, there was a, there was a, uh, look at Mark eleven twelve. Check this out. Mark eleven twelve. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Everybody say he was hungry. We could be talking about me right now. Hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Okay, now first, first there's a couple things I want to show you here, okay? Go, go, back, go back to 12. He's hungry. How hungry are you for the presence of God? I mean, I, we better get an appetite, get hungry. Look at verse 13. He sees the tree having leaves, and he came and he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet come. Now, just leave that there so people can look at it, but let me ask you a question. Doesn't it seem odd to you, and you, if you know the story, you know he's about ready to curse this tree for not having figs, but it says right here, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. So why would you be mad at the tree if it's not time to have figs it's the tree without fig. It's the figless tree. Okay, it's the figless tree, but it's not time for figs. So the tree should be figless. But from afar off, it had leaves. Seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves. Do you understand that? See, your level of understanding. A fig tree does not have leaves unless it has figs. Because the purpose of the leaf is to cover the fig. So from afar off, there's a tree that says, I've got fruit. Even though it wasn't time for fruit, it made a statement, I got fruit. So in verse 14, when he answers it, look, it always blew my mind. He answered it. He's talking to a tree. He answered it? What did it say? It said, figs. Figs are on, baby. It was like a believer with a t-shirt. But when we get there, there ain't no fruit. So he cursed it. Ain't nobody going to eat fruit forever. And go, go back later and read it. Later, the disciples come by and, and they notice that tree the next day is withered up, man. It's shriveling up. I see a lot of people who are shriveling up. Why? Because you're saying, I'm... I'm a believer. Well, where's fruit? 
See, the word is the seed. You're the tree and you are blessed. You are empowered to produce the fruit. But you got to get the fruit. You got to produce some fruit, man. And the fruit is the glory. The, the, the glory is, is the representation, the manifestation, the ability to put out there. And somebody said, you realize fruit produced in your life is not for personal consumption. This is what you're going to give to others. So when God is manifesting himself in your life, you are producing some fruit that's going to be a blessing to others. See, here's the deal is that if you ain't got that fruit, you can't help nobody. So you live a life that's shriveled up and basically cursed with your believer t-shirt and bumper sticker. You go into church, but you ain't got no fruit. Your family's still messed up. Your finances are still tore up. Your mind is still upside down. You still can't sleep at night. You can't, you know, you, everything you run up against, it, no matter what you get, no matter how big the house is, no matter how many cars you got, you still empty on the inside. Why? Because you, you're abusing life. Abnormal use. You don't understand the purpose. Don't you think we ought to change that? You know, one of the things that I love, I, 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 just, I, I just love this about finding, finding your purpose, understanding your purpose, going after the destiny, doing what God said. Suddenly, you're invincible. I love going to the gas station in my Hummer. I love it. And people immediately are sucking all the oxygen out of the air. <gasps> I bet that's horrible. I'm like, what? How put gas in that? It sure beats pushing it. Heavy. Very heavy. Those things are expensive. Right now they're dirt cheap. I mean dirt cheap. I'm thinking about trading up. Because there, there are some accessories that are not cheap that are on used Hummers that you can get cheap. Sowing a little seed. <laughs> Is that good right there, huh? Uh, made myself laugh. Uh, okay. I love it. They're, they're all freaked out. You, well, you, you got to understand, though, that when you're going where God told you to go, you realize he'll probably pay the gas bill. Now, he said to go there, and he knows what I drive. And when you know the end, you're not all messed up by the middle. I love the fact that things that should wipe us out actually lift us up. I love the fact that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. Who love him. Not, not, not who have a warm, fuzzy feeling when you say God. Oh, hallelujah. But to love is to walk in obedience and agreement with. You know, obedience don't mean nothing until he tells you to do something you don't want to do been teaching my kids that for years obedient 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 don't mean anything until you don't think you should can you hear me now yeah. 
that what the enemy intends for evil, God shifts it. Some of you are in the middle of situations right now and you're thinking, oh my Lord, man, life is messed up, it's tore up, it's a disaster. And I'm telling you, what you need is the presence. And that's all you need. You just need to push that stuff off. You, you don't care. You, yeah, I mean, seriously, what do you mean I don't care? Don't, just stop caring. Doesn't the Bible say, First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you? Well, if you're supposed to cast your care on him, why would you care? Let him do it. Remember, Jesus is in a boat in the middle of a hurricane proportion storm with his head on a pillow, sleep, a leather pillow in Amplified, leather pillow, sleeping while the disciples are about ready to lose it. They come down and they say, Master, don't you care if we perish? Wouldn't it have been funny if he said, no, not really, and went back to sleep? <laughs> Isn't it weird that when you have peace, people assume you don't care? I mean, don't you care? Don't you think it's a weird thing to say to the guy that's preparing to go to the cross and die for you? Don't you care? What a stupid statement. You know why they said it? You, you know why they chose to make that statement? Because they thought about it wrong. Why did they think about it wrong? Because they saw it wrong. They, they were just messed up. You, you need to get in the presence of God and stop caring about the stuff that five days from now is no longer going to matter. I promise you, you spend some time in the presence of God, the price of gas is not going to be the top of your priority list. Serious. You get in the presence of God, man, and all of a sudden the blessing comes on. That's the empowerment to win or succeed in any given situation. I don't care if gas is full price. Right now it's only half price. Have you seen what they're paying in Europe? Twice as much as we are. So when you go to the pump, you ought to be, yes, shake your glory maker. You ought to realize, like, oh, but Edom, it don't matter. None of these things move me. Why? I've been in the presence. I have been empowered to win or succeed in any given situation. And in just a minute, I'm going to produce the fruit. And you're going to, I'll be able to put it in your hand. I, I can put it in your hand. I, I won't be talking about by faith. I, I'm going to be demonstrating what it looks like to be connected to a real living God enemy comes you know he he wants your future he wants your family he wants your faith okay destiny's calling hell's hunting fellowship will protect but here's the deal we need to have an encounter with god where we have the ability to say uh oh, i ain't just talk about it i can prove it and i realize that this is the express service and we we ended a minute ago but the deal is is that if you don't have any proof, maybe you need to increase your understanding. Maybe you need to get in the presence of God. Maybe you need to, to, to open that book. Maybe, maybe you need to seek God. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you. not to, If God's plans to prosper you and you're not on the increase, could it possibly be that you're outside of his plan? I have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Hope is an expected end. But the hope of a future that regardless of what you're in right now, the final outcome is going to be better than your current condition. Get in his presence. Look, look at verse 12. You're going to call me. You're going to come and pray to me. And I'm going to be listening to you. This is God talking to you. you you're going to be seeking me. Look at verse 13. You're going to seek me and find me when you're seeking me with all your heart. Man, we got to, we got to get passionate about getting back in the presence of God. 
Man, we, we, we are so excited about so many things, and God usually isn't it. Why? Because we don't understand what we got. We don't understand. We don't understand that we are living a life without glory when we were created with glory. We have the ability to demonstrate, to, to uh, expose the glory that God put in us. God, remember, well, we got to give God all the glory. Right, but you can't give something that you don't own. So the only way to give God glory is to have some glory of your own. So God has positioned you to glorify Him. The only way you could do that is if you had glory. Well, what is glory? It is to, uh, to, to demonstrate the final end that God put in you at the beginning. See, it goes like this. The, the, the seed, the tree, the fruit. The seed's the word, right? The tree's the blessing. The fruit is, is the glory. The, the seed, the word, the word, the word, the blessing, and then the glory. And, and the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory. Right? John 1, what? 14? I think John 1, 14. You got that one there? Check it out. The word became flesh and tabernacled, fixed his tent on flesh, lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory. You know what we need to be doing for this community? You know what you need to be doing for your family? They actually need to be able to see the glory. His word's in you. His, I said his word is in you. You're already blessed. You just need to get in his presence. Tap into the potential that God's put inside of you. Understand it and begin to manifest it. And everything will be different. I said everything. Everything, every, everything, everything. Check this out. One more scripture and we're done. And I, I apologize for going over, but some of you are just slow learners. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be your fault. can't be mine. Because I'm hungry. I want to quit a long time ago. Okay, let, now I've got to find this. Did I give you scriptures in like Luke chapter 3? No? <laughs> Well, let me see if I can find it. Luke 3, I think, verse 5. Listen, every valley shall be filled up. Every mountain shall be leveled off. Crooked places shall be made straight. Rough roads are going to be made smooth. And all mankind shall see, behold, and understand, and at last acknowledge the salvation of God. So you saved? We ought to be able to see it. Mountains leveled off. Valleys filled up. Crooked places. God on one end. Holy Spirit at the other. Pulling it out and straightening it out. Trouble wiped out. And the, all mankind is going to see the salvation. You know what he's got to offer? He, he, he ain't, God's not timid and he's not embarrassed and he would be more than happy to show the earth 
what he's here to offer. Well, when's God going to manifest his glory? See, here's the deal. God put it in you. Now you're going to have to manifest it. You ready? All right. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.